0: Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Dadvocate, Divorce Support for Dads, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I'm your host. I created this podcast in the Divorced Advocate community as a result of my own high-conflict divorce, and because you as a dad deserve all the resources necessary to thrive through this challenging time. I encourage you to check out our website at divorcedadvocate.com where there are resources that correspond to this episode, as well as free access to our membership community, where you will find live meetings, free workshops and courses, private discussion groups, and more. And now on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. And today we've got a interesting topic and let's just dive right into it. It is the 24 dating tips for life after divorce. And this is by no means a definitive list, but uh, definitely some, uh, some really good, uh, fairly comprehensive 24 uh, dating tips. And let 's start off with the first one here, which is reflect on what went wrong the first time Now you guys hear me talk about this all of the time, which is pay attention to what it was that you brought to the equation to the uh to the marriage to the to the relational dynamic that was going on, and what your part was in that relational do- dynamic that potentially uh, contributed to its demise. I recommend often Sean Smith's book uh, for men called The Tactical Guide to Women. Uh, and the the one for women uh, that he wrote, which is a, a companion or, or, or an alternative, is The Practical Guide to Men. In both of those books, about the first half of what he talks about is taking time to get to know and understand who you are, what your values are, et cetera, and what you want. And so this goes exactly to what uh, what this first tip is, is reflecting on what ro- went wrong the first time. Now, <clears throat> these two books, I highly recommend for anybody dating, but particularly for those of us that are jumping back in it after, that did not see, understand kind of our parts or the relational dynamics or any of what went uh went on, and you know the challenge here is that you all know and you've all met and <laughs> I resemble this this uh, description the person that jumped back into a relationship and right after divorce and then perpetuated the same thing now listen, if you've done that, no shame it's okay it's much easier to see looking at uh from the outside in because we just don't know what we don't know but really pay attention take the time to learn and understand therapy coaching therapy and coaching is incredibly helpful to um to address what or what, what what went wrong the first time and understand what that relational dynamic was uh, what your part in that equation was and possibly what you can do to repair or remedy any of that and uh, show up as a different and better person this time around. Number two, let go of your anger. Now, I just want to preface this by saying there is nothing wrong with anger. Actually, anger is is, is an awesome, awesome opportunity, an awesome, awesome tool for growth. If it is utilized in the proper manner. So um, there's that, fall- that that fallacy out there. There's this kind of social stigmatization around anger that we hear it with toxic masculinity, masculinity, or she's angry or she's got anger anger issues or whatever it might be. But anger as an emotion or feeling is no different than any other emotion or feeling. What we do with that anger is incredibly important. Now, what I will say is if you are having feelings of anger, that is potentially, not always, but potentially and and usually, at least in the context of divorce or post divorce, an indication that you may be going through the grieving process because. Anger is one of the steps in the anger uh, in the grieving process. One of the five steps, and the five steps don't show up literally in a linear in a linear fashion. All right, you just have to excuse me this week. I'm just getting over a little bit of a sickness and and a, and a cold, and it, you can probably hear it in my my voice. It's a little bit growly, a little bit raspy, and and so I'm having a little bit of trouble here. So. I'm gonna fight through it. If you'll just with your uh, with your ears fight through it a little bit with me, I apologize, but um, but uh, not much you can do. I've got my tea here. I'm sipping that uh, as we go with a little bit of uh, honey to uh, to get my voice uh, through these 24 tips. But bear with me. So back to the to the anger, <clears throat> going through those steps. They're not going to be done in a linear fashion, the uh, the steps of grieving. So anger might show up first and foremost. And so that's why I say if you're feeling uh, anger, start looking at the steps of, of grief and see what those are and where anger fits into those, and then start working through those steps. You're going to find that that's going to be a very healing process. Another book that I highly recommend uh, for men and women is is called Rebuilding When Your Relationship Ends called by Dr. Bruce Fisher. It's an excellent resource, and there's a whole uh, step, uh, a building block in there about uh, anger, and there's also a whole other building block in there about grief. So check that uh, book out. It is a great, great resource. The number three dating tip for life after divorce is take it slow. I mentioned that person that's uh, you fu- that, that jumps into a relationship uh, right after uh, or during again I was guilty of this but uh, we also know the the person that jumps in and 6 months later is uh, remarried again and um, this person is the person that's uh, they they that was the opposite of the person that they were married to and they couldn't believe that uh, they found this person so quickly, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then fast forward six months or maybe two years or three years and they're divorced again. It is just a statistical fact that the divorce rate the second time around is significantly higher than in second marriages. So the second time around significantly higher than first marriages. It's something like 10 to 25% higher, which puts it in the 60 to 75% range. So take it slowly. And that is a large, largely due to the fact that people don't take it slow. Don't do, don't take it slow. And then don't do what we said in number one, which is understand what went wrong the first time and understand what your part in that is. So take it slow. Number four, don't write off the opposite sex entirely. Okay. This, this kind of falls in line with the anger part of it, but if you are still harboring, uh, ill will and feelings towards the opposite sex, then t- just take your time and wait until you've worked through that. There's, there is an underlying something that's going on. And for every, for, for you it might, who knows what it could be, but if you have uh, if you're writing off the opposite sex, and we hear this with what well, where where are all the good men or or where are all the good women and blah blah blah, <clears throat> there are a lot of good men, there are a lot of good women that are out there. So writing off the opposite sex entirely is just not healthy. So if those are words that you hear coming out of your mouth, if those are um feelings or sentiments that you have uh, in, when you're talking with your friends, then it's just a sign that you just need to take a little bit of time, talk about it in your therapy, talk about it with your coach, and um, get to a point where you feel comfortable with the opposite sex. Number five, don't go a buck wild. <coughs> Excuse me. That is just meaning take things in moderation. Now, I recognize the fact that you may have had some challenges in your relationship during your marriage. And this seems like an opportunity for you to just fill up your life with all of the things that you may have missed during that relationship. Well, again, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you fast. (laughs) I fast uh, regularly. And uh, if you're coming off a fast, the last thing that you want to do is eat and gorge yourself right off your fast because your body is absolutely going to be pissed at you and it's going to just make you sick. Do not go buck wild. The same applies for whatever part of dating after divorce you are missing that you enjoy in your dating life. Again, that take it in moderation. Do not go crazy. Again, balance. Tip number 6 partake in your favorite social hobbies and find some new ones too. Now, this is very common I feel for for I would say a little bit more for men than it is for women but uh, just men and women in general too because some of the things that we are most passionate or interested in in when before we get married, we get married, we have kids, we get involved in life, and then we kind of lose some of the things that we we're interested in, and some of those things that we we're interested in that we were passionate about were things that were very attractive to our well, our our ex now, but at that time, potential uh, spouse that's, uh, that that they liked that we may have fallen away from. So, when when I'm coaching uh, my clients, one of the things I talk about first in Uh, in getting back to their life 2.0 is what are some things that you really enjoy doing that you have not done for a long time or you did prior to being married? And uh, if they don't have any or they can't think of any, then the second point is try some new ones. What is something that you really always thought that you may have wanted to do that seems like it would be just something fun? And again, it's just recapturing some of that, uh, fun and interest and passion that you had for life prior to getting married, prior to having kids, prior to having, you know, a more uh, robust, <laughs> let's put it that way, a robust schedule and commitments going on in your life. So take some time and think about that again, chat with your therapist, chat with your coach, uh, come up with a list of those things, and then see which ones you can, uh, work into, uh, to your schedule. Like, I, I used to love the golf. I do it three or four times a week. It just is not feasible for me to carve out five hours in a week, or two or three times a week, maybe once a week, but not even that—five hours to do a round of golf. So that's just not feasible for me anymore. Right? I look forward to that, maybe in retirement in retirement, or not even retirement, but just post kids. But right now, that's not feasible. So that's an example of one that's not going to come back into my life anytime soon. But there are other things that are you know, different or smaller or less commitments or tennis was one of them that I started to play again, that I played in high school. That does not take as much time. You can go and you can play for an hour or a couple hours somewhere with somebody or with a group. And it was really quick and easy for me to pick up again. So, and those are just two athletic uh, examples. Uh, It could be music. It could be uh, something creative. It could be who knows, whatever it is, but find something uh, that was a social hobby that you liked or find a new one and get involved in it again. Now, tip number seven, have fun with friends, re-engage with friends, re-engage with, uh, with church or community or with the people in which those hobbies uh, or uh, those social hobbies I just spoke about, get involved with them. Part the the part of us that, uh, that we may have lost during our relationship that we were, um, that we just got so busy with uh, with family and, and, and our marriage and our relationship, we may have fallen out of touch with people. We may have, uh, we may have let our uh, community or the communities that we had built up around us prior to that just kind of fall by the wayside. So get back involved with, uh, with friends and community. Tip number eight. Try online dating. Okay, so I say this, but I say this in the sense that try it as part of your dating uh regimen, not your only dating regimen. Try online dating. Online dating is just a fact of um of the world now. And if you're an old folk, like I am, it was not around when, um, when I was dating before my marriage. So, but it is now, and it's very common. And there's even some studies that show that people who meet online have a higher probability for success in their second marriage if they met online. So I, I just read this, I don't know all the details about it, but again, if you, if it's part of the reality, so you're opening yourself up to a whole opportunity and maybe we'll do a show here on the future as to the benefits of online dating and then the detriments of online datings. And the next one we're going to talk about tip number nine is beware online dating scammers, liars, and losers. And this is both sides. This is both sides and it is just part, uh, part and parcel of social media online scamming etc i was uh i somebody had taken somebody had even taken my photos from my facebook which has been shut down for years and was catfishing and had a dating profile somewhere in arizona using a completely different alias or using an alias and my pictures etc and it was totally crazy so there's all kinds of crazy shit out there just be aware of this and If you've got a friend or you know somebody that uh, has done some online dating, that has been successful with some online dating, definitely chat with them because it can be very frustrating. It can be very difficult and a huge, huge time waster. Because one, because you just get involved on the platform and are just constantly on it, which is obviously unhealthy, just like any social media platform. The second is there are a lot of people out there, wasting your time there are a lot of men there are a lot of women that are da- that are out there wasting your time and that's not even the, to factor in the scammers or the prostitutes or everybody anybody else that's on there that is just not legitimately looking for dating uh, or some companionship or relationship or just to be able to meet some other people so definitely um, get educated but put that as part of your dating uh, routine because it's a huge opportunity. Uh, tip number 10 never complain about your ex on dates that is an absolute red flag uh particularly early on if you want to have some conversations and i think uh, a good conversation and a good question up front is tell me what uh what happened with your last relationship and for uh for those of us that were uh new are, are newly divorced then that gives you an opportunity to uh, portray and talk through in a healthy manner what happened with your relationship, but definitely do not complain or badmouth your ex. If you find yourself doing that, then that is a red flag for you to pay attention to, to bring to your therapist or your coach or both to understand why it is you have those feelings and those sentiments uh, around your ex. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have feelings or sentiments like this about your ex. You can, and it's healthy, but it is only healthy if you're doing something with them that is beneficial and positive in your life, which means processing those and utilizing the processing of those to heal and to understand yourself and to bring that into the new relationship. So do not complain about your ex on dates. And if you know, I'll, I'm just going to add, this is not one of them, but I'll just add on to that. If somebody that you are dating, um, or, or you've met or just met is complaining about their ex, then, um, that's definitely a red flag. So just be aware of that. Tip number 11 be honest and open. Okay. I think we've talked about this one before. Pretty sure. If not, we've mentioned it, um, uh, maybe in the, um, and in the, in the Dad's Dating After Divorce podcast with Ralph, uh, the sister podcast that you guys have heard. But be honest and open. Now, this means across the board. This means with not just do you have kids or do you not have kids? Are you or are you not divorced? Okay. You might think I'm crazy saying that. Are you uh, divorced yet or are you married yet? Are you still married, et cetera? I'll tell you what. There are a lot of people out there that are going to lie to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to many of the people that I know. So being honest and open about if you are, are divorced yet or not, if you're still married or not, what the what the the uh, arrangement is in your relationship, Very, it seems very straightforward, but I've got to say it. Also, be honest about if you have kids or if you don't have kids, if you want to have kids, um, depending on what your age is or what your circumstance is. Be honest with what you are looking for. Maybe you're just getting back in the game and you just want some companionship. You just want to have some attention from the opposite sex so that you can feel good about being in relation with somebody. Again, be honest about that. You're going to be incredibly surprised by the number of people that go, oh, yes, me too. That is great. Now, that doesn't always mean that that's true because there's people that are going to lie to you too. And then there's going to be narcissists that are going to tell you what they want, what they think you want to hear, so that they can get whatever they want to get. But anyway, that's another podcast as well. Reference one of the one of the previous podcasts on narcissism. Anyway, just make sure to be open and honest about everything throughout the process, and that's it also includes your feelings. If you're feeling uncomfortable, or if you're feeling worried, or don't ghost people. That's the thing. The ghosting thing pisses me off. It is so easy these days and it's so immature and it's such a, it's, it it lacks such integrity and maturity that it's absolutely ridiculous. It's something that, I mean, even my, my teen daughters, I talk to them about this. Like, This is not something that you do is in the course of being a normal person that really cares about uh, communicating with human beings. So Don't ghost. Just be open and honest. I'm uncomfortable or I'm just not ready or or whatever it is. Just be open and honest about everything while you're you're going through this because you're going to appreciate that the other person or you would appreciate and you want the other person to be open and honest as well. Tip number 12, go on out of the box dates. I love this one. Because, and particular for you guys listening here um, that are planning dates, or if you're not planning dates, you should be planning dates. Find some out-of-the-box dates and fun and interesting things to do. Doesn't have to be expensive. Doesn't have to be dinner. It can be something that is very cool and unique. This might go back to some, one of your um, social hobbies, something that you're interested in. And you can invite somebody to go do with you. Um, but find stuff that is out of the box. It is going to help in lots of different ways For guys that are planning, it's going to show that you're you, you're unique because listen, there's a million other dudes out there that are um, that are just trying to date and trying to date probably the person that you're trying to date. So if you've got somebody you're pretty interested in, being a little bit different is probably going to work in your favor. So if you do something out of the box, if you make a little more effort, that is going to be really incredibly helpful. And the same applies for the ladies listening as well. That makes you stand out from all of the other women that's um, that we're going on dates with because you are more interesting and unique and maybe a little bit mysterious because the uh, date is out of the box. So, do stuff that is out of the box. Tip number 13, trust your instincts. You can call it gut, your feelings, etc. just trust. And, and and I would say this particularly goes to if you are um, Man, and I just, I've learned, I learned this the hard way. I talked about dating people who are not open or honest about their intentions or about their relational status or a myriad of other things that <laughs> I could tell you some war stories about, but um by and large, and almost to a T, every single one of them in reflecting back on them, there was some Instinct, some feeling I had that may have either showed up in my body or I thought about in my my head and was like hmm, but did not pay attention to it. That was indicating to me that something was off. So trust your feelings, and if you need clarification, ask. It doesn't mean you're going to get an honest answer, but at least it's going to give you maybe some um some understanding. If they are being honest, they should be able to to talk with you about it, but if they're not being honest and unless they're a phenomenal liar and there are some really good ones out there, um, it might be, you, you might be able to, to, to understand or at least I want to say expose, but I guess expose is the best word to use. Expose some of what um, what you're not comfortable with uh, and understanding what it is. That's, um, um, what they're doing, what they're trying to do or what they might be pulling over on you. Okay. Tip number 14. And let's see, we're halfway. Oh, just past. Yeah. A little more than halfway past through. We're talking about the 24 dating tips for life after divorce. Again, not a definitive list, but a pretty comprehensive list. Some really good ones to think about off of the bat and pay attention to. Uh, Number 14, try dating outside your norm, like trying, uh, (laughs) like trying a new restaurant, right? We kind of get our we get our favorites, and we get um (laughs) we have our 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 favorite meals at our favorite restaurants, and then we don't mix it up. It's good to try new things. So if you have a quote unquote type, maybe try a different type. I know that, and I'm not going to be real specific here, but I know there was one point where I just I said for man. And it's, and it's, and it's sad. I did it for like a whole year. That's how long I've been dating after divorce, right. That I had that, that I was able to spend a whole year dating a different type uh, of woman. A uh, totally, that um, was completely different than, uh, than the type that's, um, that I was used to, or I would say that I was um, attra- most attracted to uh, in order to, to, yeah, for me, it was just, so it was born somewhat out of frustration and somewhat out of experimentation. So uh, you're welcome on that experimentation point of it. But, um, but it, it was a learning experience to know and understand what a different type may mean or just what is out there and what um, different types of people bring to the table. So date outside of your norm because you just don't know what's going to happen. You might be surprised. And we get into habits, we get into routines just because we're human. And so it's just our conscious awareness that helps us to break out of those. And this is one of them where you can consciously say, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to not date. I'm going to date outside my norm. I'm going to eat at a new restaurant and try a new dish. Okay. Um, And then on that conscious awareness, pick three characteristics you want in a partner and stick to them. This goes back to number one when I was talking about um, Sean Smith's uh, books, The Practical Guide to Men and The Tactical Guide to Women. He talks about this and putting together your your values and your beliefs, knowing what those are. And so, you know, these characteristics are important because what happens is we – don't and we get into the dating pool and i know for me it was like oh my god it's a smorgasbord there's especially you go online and it's i can date women from from literally you could date women from literally all over the world right i mean that doesn't mean that you have to go all over the world but like there's women different types of women here and the online dating sites break them down by ethnicity and color and hair and like and and religious status, all kinds of different. Like you can go absolutely crazy, and it's like, oh my god! So you got to get really clear on and pick some. And, and and I'm saying here three characteristics. Okay, so that is more specific to like values and beliefs. But you can even go further into that, like um like uh that you um that you may or may not want to have more kids. Or you may have uh, an age range that you're uh, comfortable with, although I would I would um, be careful with that. Um, you could also uh, get into religious status, religion and, um, uh, and spirituality and, um, and sharing a faith for me is incredibly important. So that was one as well. So just get real clear about so I'm just gonna make that more general other than three characteristics. Just get real clear with what you want. Because dating for us as parents is much more complicated and time-consuming than it was before. So if you get real clear, you're not going to waste a lot of time. Number 16, keep your sense of humor and seek someone with a good one. Man, there's nothing better than somebody with a sense of humor, somebody that you can laugh with, It is just, uh, and and particularly after going through something as heavy and difficult and challenging as we have through divorce, finding somebody with a good sense of humor is just a godsend. So if you can laugh with the person, it is a really fun thing to do. I don't think I got to say anything else about that. I just, I accept that it just cracks me up. the, um, the, The dating profiles that will say, love to laugh. Like, who doesn't love to laugh, right? So if it, if, it, if it said don't like to laugh, then maybe that's a red flag. I don't know. Anyway, just that's an easy one. So find someone with a sense of humor. To hear the rest of this episode and access the corresponding resources, visit the divorcedadvocate.com and become a member of our community. It's free to join and we'll provide you with the resources you deserve as a divorced or divorcing dad. Thank you for listening. God bless, and I'll talk with you next week.